0: What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there, sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of... This place, where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.
1: Hello listeners, this is Jim the Keys bartender. How are you? It's a beautiful hot day here in Key Largo, a warm day. We're we're getting into the the warm hot time where you know, you know, stay hot till perhaps December here. But I know I've been uh, been away. I didn't. It's Wednesday, my first show during a week. I'm gonna have to make it up. I won't be able to do an episode tomorrow. Maybe I will in the morning. Who knows? I'll try to catch up. Do a little brief uh, recap of my story. But I realize what keys bartenders become. A lot of times, I talk about my. I started out the show thinking about how a bartender does his job, or her job, their job, that's probably the most appropriate way to throw the pronoun to do, their job, and about the things they come into and how unique it is to be working in this particular tourist destination. Well, I uh, just came back from Philadelphia, and uh I know I didn't finish that thought. That I, when I'm suggesting here to finish your thought, it's become something else. It's episode 612. Uh, the the show's become something else. But you know what? I'm still bartending in the Keys. I'm a Keys bartender, and I still look at things from my perspective as a bartender. How I look at people, how I treat people. But I still, I'm still more. I'm more than a bartender, right? How do we view ourselves? When thinking, are we just the job? Because I'm also an indoor cycling instructor. Spin. You know, now people, if you don't understand, it's Palatine, you know, where you do work out. People say, well, all you're doing is riding a bike. Well, you know, unless you go to the class, you really don't know. But that's another thing I do. I'm also a, a notary, but I just don't stamp papers. I do, because down here... At least in Florida, notaries can do more. And another thing they do is officiate weddings, uh, ceremonies, and uh, along with the signature certifications, we do loan signings. And loan signings are, uh, you become a signing agent, and that's usually notaries because you want to get someone that certifies your signature. So, uh, when when you have lo- loan documents, deeds and things like that, and also a podcaster. I see myself also as a husband and a father. And a son and one of the duties as a son was I had to go visit my i I have to go visit my father, not because he asked me to come and see you because i I feel. When you get the idea in your head that you should go and visit your relatives or visit someone, you should go and visit them, especially my father. Uh, I won't go into too depth, but he has a long ongoing health issues. And I just want to make sure uh, I've, I've stayed in contact and, and, and had an opportunity to see him. And he lives in Dover, Delaware with my stepmother, who I'm very close to also. And in order to go to Dover, you can either go into Baltimore or Philadelphia, and I spent some time in Baltimore, but I don't have a lot of history there. I do have relatives there. I could have went and and seen some of my brothers and sisters, but this particular trip, I went uh, through uh, Philadelphia because I wanted to go and visit my friends up in Philadelphia, and I wanted to take a trip around visiting some places I used to frequent. I'm not talking about just bars. I'm talking about my home. I, I lived in one, two, three, four, four different places in Philadelphia or five, actually. If you count my loft apartment or six from an apartment. So one, two, three, I could be six or it's around at least six places. But the place I grew up in when I was in high school, when I was a young, when I was younger than in high school, I lived in another part of the city. I checked out the, uh, elementary school I went, I, I know I, and in retrospect I realize it's kind of creepy if it's during the hour I don't think it was during when the school was open when I drove by so that was pretty good the school was closed it was at the end of the day so I drove by the elementary school after three and I when I drove by to high school I had an inkling on going up there but it was before school let out so I I was going to go up and ask if I can you know, just walk around a little, look at some of the lockers or look at what, what the place looks like inside. And then I I took a uh, more rational thought, took over, and I said, oh, that's not really wise when there's a bunch of high school kids, a stranger walking up. But I am an alumni, but I, di- I didn't go in there. Just saw it from the outside, which was pretty good because for some reason I thought that my high school was closed for uh, – because they did a bunch of they closed a bunch of diocesan schools so i'm going to start out with talking about the trip the trip was really nice i went to see my my dad and my stepmother and uh, i'll go over breeze through that not breeze through it's important but it's, you know a lot of it's personal really personal but we we told stories uh i did my visit and just checking that we uh my father wanted me to look at albums, photo albums, and and I was thinking, man, I don't really do well with uh, photo albums or things that keepsake items. But then I realized I just got my iPhone, so what I did is I started scanning the photos. The you know I was I had a criteria for scanning photos. I'm thinking these are photos I don't have that no one has. So what I did is scan photos with uh, my father or my stepmother or my sister or my, uh, my grandmother, my brother, my... You know, I, I scan those photos and my nieces to, you know, to get those for keepsake. And I figure I could put them on the cloud and stuff like that because we have an online album. Which you could do now, which is great. Because normally, uh, I mentioned in previous episodes that we take so many photos on our cell phones... Nowadays, it's the amount of photos we take become so voluminous, voluminous, I guess that would be, uh, that you really don't look through those. If you take, let's go real crazy. Let's say you take 2,000 photos a year in a matter of 20 years. Do the addition. 20 times 2 is 40,000. Who's going to look through 40,000 photos? So it had to be there had to be some criteria of picking the photo. So I said my father went on and my stepmother went on a lot of trips and there were a lot of scenery photos. So unless they were in the photo and it was a good you know, good photo meaning good photo, they were clearly you could see them. That's I wouldn't take the scenery photos because there's always like if you're in front of the pyramids, there's some really great pictures of the pyramids. I don't need any pictures of the pyramids without my father or my stepmother in them. I know that sounds selfish but you know hear me out it's best to have good fewer good photos because then it does, it's more manageable to look at them cuz when we have a million photos yeah we can go to a photo but we don't really look at them we don't really look at them you know you're just trying to find the most pertinent ones there so it it was sad it 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 was sad uh, I, I felt a little sad because I, I don't get to see my father as much because I'm 1,250 miles away. I think that's about it, 1,300 miles away. And I, I wish I could go there more often. And I want to see him as much as I can when I have the opportunity to. But it, it, it's almost like... I. I'm almost, I'm approaching 60, but when I'm going there, I'm still the kid. I'm still the kid. And I was irresponsible for a lot of years. I was irresponsible. When we were looking at the photos, I was looking at myself, I said, oh man, I made some uh, interesting decisions with my life. But uh, I think I'm probably doing the right one now. And I don't beat myself up now because that's all part of life. You arrive at your part of life, your where you are in life, by making certain decisions. And if you're fortunate enough, you're able to uh, correct the course in your life. And I think I did. I think I did correct the course. or I, I'm correcting it. So I went up to see him. And uh, while I was up in Dover, I was really, I, nowadays when people book things, like I, I don't go, the, the prices were kind of high on the hotel rooms. I think I'll wait until we get closer. And as I got closer within a week, I noticed the price wasn't dropping, but I checked one of the motels off that was nearby and it was a certain price. And normally for that price, they usually pretty, you know, it's usually a nice place, but I didn't check the rating. Of the motel. And. And then after I checked. uh, Reserved the room. I realized I'm looking at the other prices. I go oh. It's NASCAR weekend. I found out I I was on the trip. But I already booked the room. And there really wasn't a lot of other choices after that. But I said well how bad could it be. How bad could the. Motel be. I've been to other. I've been to. A couple that were pretty bad. Um, But I found out how bad it could be. um, be. It really wasn't as horrible. Uh, This is where I sometimes talk about expectations. Sometimes your mind makes things worse than they really could be. So I had a one, I arrived on Sunday, uneventful flight. It was a good flight. I had a nice roomy seat, I had an aisle seat. I had an um, it was three seats and but the middle seat was empty and there was someone on the, on the window. I was on the aisle, pretty good, and I had a nice visit with her father. Went and got some food for us, um, picked it up, we ate, and then I, uh, we hung out till because my father hasn't been feeling well uh, for a while. Is uh, I decided to. You know, leave. He said he goes to bed at ten. I figure I'll go to bed. I'll leave at nine, so he can do his routine, whatever his routine is. So, I go to the motel, and when I get to the motel, I see uh, it's I, I don't locate it right away, even though I'm using I always use the uh, mapping apps. Now I use Apple, and there's a liquor store in front and it's in the back and I look at the front of the hotel and it looks like, well, they haven't cut the grass in a couple weeks. Maybe a couple months. It looks like it needs a little paint. You know, a little run down. Hmm. I'm not having a lot of faith. But then I walk into the lobby and there's 12 people in the lobby. And there's one poor fellow behind the counter at registration. So, as I'm standing there, I'm asking people, why are they here? Are they checking in and stuff like that? Because it's on Sunday, normally when NASCAR is over. It turned out to be a NASCAR weekend. I should have checked that out. But I was going to come anyway. I could have, I could have you know, I, I, I could have been more vigilant about picking a room. So I went there and I found, I hear people's stories. One guy comes in, he says, listen, I need to get another room. There's, there's towels shoved into the toilet shoved in the toilet it's not working. Someone says that the room wasn't clean. There's no, uh, the, the beds are stripped. Um, somebody, some guy talked about pubic hair being in the sink. And I said, well, you know, that's pretty bad. But I mean, that usually means it's not cleaned. And there was some people looking for refunds. Other people waiting. Some people were waiting for towels. Uh, another person was waiting to check in. Uh, the refund people there was a gentleman with his son I guess they were there for NASCAR he was just asking for a refund he was going to look for another place and he he wasn't interested in staying so I'm thinking in my head I got my head I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm waiting I think it was 30 to 40 minutes to register because they were so tied up and the phone's ringing and this poor guy I just felt so bad for this guy the rooms are filthy. So that's what the people are saying. And I'm thinking that... I'm thinking I just want a refund. And I'll just go for, look for another place. And then... Uh, I mean, I felt bad about my reaction after everything. I'm thinking I'm piling on... Everyone's piling on this guy. But then people started realizing it's not this guy's fault. Because he doesn't look like the owner. He looks like a guy that's just working the desk. And so I said to the guy, and then they said they won't, someone said they only take a hundred you have to give them a hundred dollar cash deposit. I said well, I paid online with one of those booking apps uh, for for hotels and motels so i said, yeah, I'm not going to give anybody cash at the end. I mean, I guess I could have, and I would have gotten just just gotten it back and I said to the guy, "Hey, listen, just give me the key to the room. Let me take a look, and then I'll give you my my card for it." So I took the card and I went in there. And I was so tired because I had gotten up that morning at five or four thirty to leave Miami, and then it was seventeen hours later. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to lay down. Ready, you know, take a shower. And I look at the room. It is definitely tied for, with a flop house. But I'm looking at it I said, I can probably sleep here. It looked like the sheets were cleaned. They had a thin, you know, they had a sheet and a real thin comforter. And who cares about a comforter? You don't want to touch the comforter on there. You don't know what's on there. But there, were it's there. And they got some clean, it looks like clean towels, white towels in the bathroom. Uh... The floors looked like they were vacuumed, so I thinking I'm going stay there now. I totally forget I started getting changed i'm getting there i'm not I get a knock on the door a couple of times it's a guy from the front desk he goes listen, you got to leave you got to give me that deposit and I said okay I'll be there um, i didn't know when you book one of those things you have to do an additional deposit. I never did that before, but it's I guess it's one of those rooms and You know, it's already with the deposit and stuff like it was like I stayed in really beautiful places for that. And this place was, yeah, flop house quality. And I'm walking back and I'm thinking, oh, man, I said to the guy, I said, I'm sorry how I was in the beginning. I was ready to ask for a refund and I was getting uh, antagonistic. the feeling just because I got caught the group feeling in the lobby. And I said, I realize it's not your thing. You don't, you're not the housekeeping. You're just, you're just a person you're working the front desk. It's probably a student at university of Delaware, right around the corner. So I ended up staying there and I went to get my, um, I went back to my car to get something out of it. And there was a, a young lady there standing near the car. Now, I described a motel already, so you can imagine who, what the young lady was interested in. We stand there, and I go, can I help you? And she goes, well, you're looking for, I, I say, I'm just looking to stay in my motel room. She goes, well, and I said, here, here's, I, before she even said anything, Here's here, here you go, you need, she, can you spare a couple dollars? And I said, I gave her $5. I said, go take care of yourself. You need to take care of yourself. And I meant it. I meant it sincerely. I didn't mean to say, I didn't tell her to go away or anything like that. And in the end, I I thought, um, you know, it wasn't none of my business what she was up to. I knew what it was. She asked me if I was married and I said I was. I told Abby this. Obviously, I wouldn't be admitting this on the air and just saying that. But I knew, I kind of knew after looking inside, being in the lobby, talking to this person, what I was going to see out there. And it was NASCAR weekend. And the girl was a little rough, a little rough. And she, may, she might have been cute at one time. And she's fell on some hard times. And I really felt kind of bad for her. Uh, that was the thing I was, uh, not the approach where it was well, I was kind of proud that I gave her money and, and said, take care of yourself. And she said, hey, listen, be good to yourself. Take care of yourself. Um, I felt really bad about the way I've acted towards the front desk clerk in a And I try to want to make amends to him. I probably, maybe um, next weekend or something, I'll try to do something, maybe call up, give him a good compliment or something like that. I didn't want to leave. a. I guess I should, I mean, pe- people pretty much know if you go to Dover, if you go into a place called Motel 8 or S- Super 8 Motel or whatever it was, Super 8, that it's going to be pretty not super, uh, whatever the mat. Super like super dirty, or super rundown, or super this. Whatever I say about this motel will not affect their occupancy because there's always people, especially on race weekend. And there were people out there partying outside their mo- outside their motel rooms, <laughs> right? <laughs> because they, I guess, they don't want to be in their motel room. I could imagine what the Other motel rooms looked like. So, I did that, and then um, I, since I was up there, I was going to visit my friends who came to visit me a couple times, and and several of the guys that I wanted to go and see were out of town on on Monday. I wasn't going uh, to see them Sunday night because I wanted I went to see my father in the morning. On Monday, And then i take my leisurely time going up to Philadelphia. And all I thought about was, uh, I was getting sad thinking about, you know, not being able to spend more frequent times with my father. Not this time, because I know I couldn't really spend a lot of time with him because it takes a lot of energy out of him. Having to visit, he likes to watch TV and this and talking and all that stuff. It just tires him out. But... Um, he gave me, he gave me uh, some, he's given away uh, some of the family memorabilia. You, everyone, you kind of know what that's going on when someone does something like that. Now, my dad listens to the show and I don't want to keep any secret about it. It's no secret how he feels, what he's telling us. And anybody who knows that, it's not like a surprise. It's been going on for several years. I don't really feel comfortable talking uh, any more than that, but it, it was kind of a, a sad party. So I went up to Philadelphia, and when I went up to Philadelphia, and I started going to my old houses, the old neighborhood, uh, where I went, uh, when we lived, uh, when I was a child, when I went to, lived on a street, Mayfair, Marine Street, the neighborhood's changed. Uh, my friends up there say it's changed. You know, it's changed demographically. And they, those things happen in big cities. But it's a sad thing for those people, especially when things change. And they're, they're, some of the bakeries close and some of the stores are used to going. And some of the they're, they're places they socialize, the bars and the restaurants. The churches are still there. Um, but the... The thing that probably saddened me most when seeing things that are still um, still open, but not the way they were before. And I went to one place called a dining car. It was an well, it was a dining a diner, and diners in the Northeast are open twenty four hours. When I want to say Northeast, north eastern part of the United States. Just like a lot of diners, any place. They just one of these places you can go and eat. And uh, wh- the one I used to frequent after I was out with my friends you know, go there to maybe three in the morning. The dining car their hours were 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. and it turned and and another one, the Mayfair Diner, which is famous and uh, northeast in, in Philadelphia and outside, it's one of the there's. The Melrose Diner in South Philly, Mayfair Diner. There's probably a couple other ones. They they're open only uh, from seven uh, to seven, something like that. Seven thirty to seven. Some half the hours, and the dining car that I used to frequent all the time was only open was open less than a third of the hours it used to be. A third of the hours. Just for breakfast and lunch. Because just like down here, there's very, uh, they're having a very difficult time staffing. And all I could think about when I was driving around, I noticed some of the things change. Some of the things I changed for Just change, change. And if you live there, I mean, changes. people don't like change. Some of the things I like to change. I like the Wawa's that were in there. I like when you go to a Wawa, that's a convenience store in that part of the country. It's uh, It's a real convenience store. You know, sometimes a convenience store is an inconvenience store because they never have anything you fucking want. But Wawa is one of those places where you could get things you need. It's a convenience store where you can get gas. Um, they have a lot of them now online they have a, a Tesla charging stations in the back and I think Tesla's starting to allow other vehicles to charge there too uh, but they they'd had used to have I don't know if I didn't look around for produce or anything like that but they have those and they have a deli section. At deli and they make sandwiches and they have different meals you can order. They get the computer where you order the stuff from. Great coffee, soft pretzels, other stuff. Nice restrooms. Because in a lot of places, in, uh, especially in Philadelphia, they didn't have the restrooms that were you know available all the time in convenience stores. I mean, who wants that? If you're having a convenience store, so you, who comes in there? Sometimes, sometimes you get people in the lower strata of society. Sometimes people that are homeless, and they keep on using, they use the bathrooms and they use it as their bathing area. Sometimes, <clears throat> so people find that own these stores find it inconvenient to have them accessible to the public. So they try to make it difficult, possible. They put, it, give you a key, they give you a big block of wood. Here, come back with this. Here. You know, changes. there's a chain linking the key to a big block of wood so people won't walk off, walk off with it. Uh, but yeah, they have restrooms in there. So I get, get sidetracked once again. So these places changed. There's a lot more Asian markets in the Northeast Philadelphia. A lot more Asian emigres moved to it. I guess, you know, it's where opportunity is for them. And if they're there... It's because those businesses were for sale. So the people that used to own it, you own these businesses, sold them to other people. It's not like they came in and took it over. There had to be an offer. So we enjoyed, you know, we enjoyed other places. And when the new places come in, we're just getting dissatisfied to see that they're different. And I guarantee you, most place, places change. I'm surprised by some of the places that were still there. That were still there. Like the bakeries that were still there. A couple of the bakeries. A couple of them were, weren't open. Which, you know, bakeries are one of these time-sensitive places. When you say time-sensitive, bakeries are almost always open. In, you know, every day of the week. Because they sell baked goods. And they turn in 24 hours. So I I was surprised, you know, there was a Holmesburg Bakery, Geiger's Bakery, um, libraries, things, it just kind of, I got sad not for the change. I got sad because it brought me memories of my childhood. And I got, uh, what would you call it, reminiscent or sentimental. I got sentimental about the time. And maybe because I remember things that when I was more carefree and I did not have particular worries. I wasn't, I mean, when I was a child, I wasn't I wasn't Drew Barrymore, so I wasn't an alcohol alcoholic at the time. When I got older, I became an alcoholic. Or maybe I was always an alcoholic. Who knows? The semantics. But I enjoyed that. And I know I'm forgetting things that happened while I was there, and I had an opportunity to stop by uh, McGeehan's Bar. It's still there, Rock Bottom, at Cotman Cottage. That's the name of the bar. Matter of fact, I posted a picture of this little sign they had there. I arrived there. Bet
0: MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win 200 one 888
1: 532 On Monday right around 3.30 I went to Wawa, got myself a big cup of coffee because I knew they didn't have Zero Zero Beer. It's not one of those bars they would have Zero Zero Beer in. Why would they? You got to have what you got to give the customers what they want and at McGeehan's Zero Zero Beer is not the thing people go in for. So I get there and I don't really recognize anybody, but there's someone that bears a resemblance to the McGeeans, and it turns out to be uh, Neil McGeehan's son, one of this the sons of the former, I mean, passed away, Cornelius McGeehan. But the the current proprietor, Pat, um, I think I don't know who how that works out. I think Pat pretty much runs the place, and uh, then we have. John, Neil, Mike, Nora, I I'm missing, I'm missing one. I'm just going to piss them off. I know' it's like the other sister who I don't I, ne- I never really talk to as much. And, and then their progeny, which is a ton of them. And then there's people from the neighborhood. and that's the place you go to see people. You know, I could go to the diner, wait at the diner for them to come in. They're not going to come in. They're going to, that's where they're going to go, the people that go. So I hung out. I spoke to Neil. I spoke to Pat. We had a good laugh. I saw a sign on a license well, a license plate they made for someone. And uh, I posted it as a picture here. I don't want to denigrate the person, the big nose, ear job. I like that when they call someone an ear job. That means, they, <clears throat> much like myself, they'll talk your ear off. And we hung out for a couple hours and enjoyed each other's company. I really enjoyed the company. And then I went looking outside the city for a hotel room. Because in the Northeast, there's not a lot of hotels. And there are a couple motels and hotels. The ones I remember were much like the Super 8 Motel in Dover. So I figured I'd go up to Trevos. and I went up there. And the other incident I'm not really proud of happened. I went to a, a Best Western Plus. It was nice. It was nice. Nice room. Nice lady at the desk. wasn't crowded at all. Uh, there were maybe an eight uh, eight cars in front of it. I think I had a family upstairs because I heard like a three year old stomping, uh, running around. But they 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 went to sleep by eleven o'clock. I was out by twelve. I didn't. Even though that was a nicer hotel, I slept better at the Super Eight. I had more hours of sleep. I only slept like four hours. And but I went out. I went out because I was right in the area that was where the, these hotels are north of the city, near uh, Old Philadelphia Racetrack, which was Keystone. Park at one time, and now it's a casino. I never, I didn't go to the casino. I was looking for a restaurant, and some of the restaurants are still up there, too. And some of them are not. So I went to one particular restaurant. I went to get some, I went to a chain Italian restaurant. I won't say its name because you know what? I wasn't proud of my behavior. Not that I did anything. It was my reaction. I almost It's almost what I did and what I felt that I'm most embarrassed about. So I asked the person front desk, I want to get some Italian food. And I was hoping to hear some another Italian thing. But I realized I'm in this suburb, so I'm not going to necessarily get a local Italian place. I knew there was a couple a little further north, a couple Italian restaurants I got to. Or I could have went back into the city. And I sat at the bar, and I went in there, and there was not a lot of people. There were three tables in the bar area. I think the bartender may have been taking care of them, but they were it looked like they were eating their dinners already, so they were taken care of. And there was one other person at the bar, a gentleman around my age, drinking a glass of wine in a business suit, but he looked like he just finished eating too. So I waited about four minutes. The bartender came out. Well, within a minute or two, he came over. Um, asked me what I wanted to drink. And I asked for a Heineken 00. And he said, I think he has it. And he goes, and he doesn't have it. He says, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have it. And I go, okay. I said, well, can I get an iced tea then? And then I, you know, for it's 10 minutes, I see him come out three times, make two drinks, talk to the guy at the bar and no iced tea. And he doesn't look over my way. And I'm looking I said, boy, I must look like some asshole. But he's, he looks like he's 30 years old, so he can't even remember. Um, he wouldn't know who I, couldn't be someone I ran into years ago. So I just got up and left. And it got in my head that I might leave a review. Yeah, that is so goddamn vindictive. I, was, I started writing a review about that. And I thought to myself, when I was writing it, I don't know what that guy's going through. I don't know what his work's like. And I wasn't proud of myself. I wasn't proud of myself that I went so far writing a review and going through it. And I was putting it out. And I said, well, now, maybe that goes for the same for me. Maybe I didn't know how I was feeling. And this was my reaction. Okay. And the third... And then, then I... So I got up and left. Uh, and I later on I re- tried to write the review. And then I go to another place. Another chain restaurant. And there were 12 people around the bar. But... And I, I sit at the bar when I'm by myself so I can eat. I don't like taking up a table if it, just in case it gets crowded. You know, waitress has to come over and take an order for one person. So that's what I do. So I sit there... Girl comes up, gives me a... She, they have Heineken 00. Heineken 00 is 0% alcohol. Because other beers like O'Doul's, they have like 0.25, 0.025 alcohol. Where most beer is 5% or 0.25. It's like one twentieth. But I don't want to get a little alcohol in me. I want to get zero alcohol into me. But and I like to have... I used to, you know, it's nice that they have these now That because I like taste the taste of beer and I don't want to tempt fate. I, I don't want to tempt fate with that. I don't need a little alcohol in me. So she had that. I ordered what I wanted. I ended up getting my salad like within, I got my salad within five minutes. And then when I finished the salad, I got my dinner. I don't think I would, you know, the other place, it would probably probably be a half hour before I could have even ordered it. But that wasn't, that's none of my business. What's going on with that guy? So I'm sitting there eating. And I started getting in a discussion with a guy on the, at the bar. This guy, I can say his name because he doesn't know I have a podcast. And he'll never run into me. John from Alabama. And he's here for business. He has a Sprinter van. And he's saying shit about Philadelphia. How much it is, you know, this and that. And talking about how nasty it is. I said, "Well, I'm from there. And he goes, Well, I'm from Alabama and I was going, Well, okay. So he I didn't say to him where I could have said, he said, Listen, I'm sure you don't want to hear people talk shit about Alabama. Please don't talk about my home city. You know, I can say shit about my family. You can't say shit about my family. That thing. then we started talking, we got into a slight political discussion. Yes, at a bar. And I know the people, everyone kept quiet around us. Because we're two big guys getting into discussion. We're talking about the Ukraine. We're talking about the high prices. He's blaming on the guy. And I said, listen, all this shit is going on around the world. So how are you going to blame this particular guy here? Where the whole world's happening, how would it not happen here? Because people always take things personally. When it's raining, they take that personally. But the rain falls on anybody who walks outside. Same thing as the sun. The sun's going to shine on you too. This is what this bad economic thing is worldwide. And we were talking about the war and we were saying who was supportive and all that stuff. And I'm thinking in my head, why am I having this discussion? We clearly don't agree. We clearly don't agree. And I said, listen, obviously we d- disagree on the fact and we're talking about these things and I'm feeling worse and worse about myself. I eat the food. I get up. I apologize to the um, when I, after I pay, after I pay, I tip the girl nicely. I apologize to her, and I go over to the guy, and said, "Listen, my name's Jim. It was nice talking." And then I left. And then, after feeling embarrassed about that, I proceeded to write that review. So I did two things that I am ashamed of myself. I did. I did. I violated the thing that I don't like people doing. I did. I'm a hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. But the nice thing about being alive and remaining alive is you always have an opportunity to write things, to get back on the right course. And I realized that when I put down that, I erased that uh, critique of that, experience at the Carabas and then apologize to the, the bartender I'm not saying that's hundred I shouldn't it shouldn't I shouldn't have done the second thing the disagreement at all but the feel I mean the feelings it's hard to stop feeling sometimes like when I felt about that person I get frustrated I was a little hungry no excuse to me but I'm not beating myself for that I'm not beating myself up. So I'm thinking, I'm going to feel like shit. And you know what? I had, like I said, I had my worst night's sleep. In weeks. In weeks it was my worst night's sleep. And it was my travel day the next day. I woke up at... I went to bed. I fell asleep a little before 12. And I woke up at 3.30. And couldn't go back to sleep. Couldn't go back to sleep. Watched TV. Read. And then... I'm thinking I can sleep. I, can, I don't have to check out till 11. I really don't have to do anything. I don't even have to be down the airport till 12. So I'm, all I'm doing is thinking about all those things. And all that time, I was thinking, maybe I can, if I leave early enough, I can, look, I can go to a, a meeting in uh, one of my 12-step meetings and do, you know tell the truth about my behavior, not doing the next right thing. I should have, I, I, was, I wasn't being, I wasn't behaving the way I would be proud of myself there. So I got up, showered, and I did a trip. I went down to the Mayfair Diner, had breakfast, bought some soft pretzels across the street so I could take home. Uh, took a one last lap around, stopped at um, McGee's because I left, a, I bought a Wawa cup for my daughter, I got some pretzels for the wife. I picked up a Hummel. My dad wanted to give to my uh, my wife, too. And uh, it's one of my grandmother's uh, collectibles she had for years. Like 60 years. Something like that. And I didn't give a lot of thought. I thought about, oh, I can do better today. So... You know, you do the regular routine when you go to the airport. Make sure, do double check, scan the room, blah, 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 all that stuff. Get in the car, driving around, gassing up as much as I can because I don't want to pay what the ridiculous amount rental companies charge you, $8 for fuel. I don't get it. I guess it saves them time for it. They could charge like a dollar more. Say what we charge is a dollar more and it pays for the people to fill it up or something like that. But I guess... That makes sense because, you know, they don't, that's one less thing they have to do. So I got within a mile and there's a gas station there, another Wawa, a convenience store, conveniently located near the only gas station within the rental cor- a mile within the uh, where the rental agency is near the airport. And I get to the airport and then things really start working out for me because I had booked the flight. And I had a middle seat, a middle seat in one of those bulkhead seats, which is means it's right behind the business class. So I have the extra room, but I'm in between. I said, oh, that was the only one that was open in that area. And. As I go in, I start talking to some people, having nice exchanges and things like that, interacting with people. It's a pretty nice day, pretty nice day. I'm feeling good in myself. I talked to a nice older African-American couple when we're putting our shoes back on after the thing. They were going to Dallas. The guy used to is a veteran. And he used to be in 82nd Airborne. Uh, and then I get down and talk. Uh, I sit in the area. I'm there about an hour and 15 minutes before... They're boarding so I sit down where I can plug in my phone I start listening to a podcast and then I notice all the the charging stations they have they don't have as many charging stations a lot of the different airports and not all the charging stations are working they plug in underneath it and I'm trying to be helpful to people because I see people plugging into ones that aren't working because it has an indicator light on and I could see it from across there I said waving at the people I said pointing underneath it mine I said and I yell you gotta you gotta have a blue light there's no blue light there's no power you know come, you know they got it some over here I don't know they may have them over there too so so the best part the best part other than coming home and seeing my lovely wife and lovely uh, daughter was I get on the flight there's five older ladies I which I later find out were coming back from a flight from Amsterdam right? There, I'm sitting in between two of them on there. And before the flight takes off, there's two of the ladies are, uh, two of the other ladies are sitting up in the premium class and two or three are sitting where I am in that first row. They take the lady from the aisle seat next to me and move her next to her friend up in the premium class. So I move over and uh, I help her move her suitcase over, you know, doing it. Next right thing. And right next to me, there's this gentleman from a security company. And I think they do contract work for the airports. And he has a canine dog, a little, uh, little, a smaller female black lab. Uh, I think her name was Ruby. Ruby was on the, uh, on, on her harness. And she was just a sweet little dog, a sweet lab. I mean, she was looking my hands. I mean, I thought for a second, I said, Man, she's really friendly to me. And I said, I hope I didn't touch anything. Maybe I had like Coke on me or heroin or something like that. Uh, and, and she goes, Oh, he says, "She When she's not working, she's a drug syndrome. She's not working. She's not looking for that stuff. She's looking at your hands because that's where she gets fed from, her, the hands. She was looking at my hands and. Of a very, very friendly dog, very. And I said, is it all right to touch your dog? Because some of the other police dogs, I know people say, you know, you don't want to go up and pet a police dog because they are, some of them are used for apprehension. This one's used for sniffing bomb. And they said, when she's not working, she's not doing that stuff right now. I said, well, I don't think it'd be a bad idea for her to be sniffing up bombs right now. And uh, I didn't say that to him. Because I didn't want to see a bomb. You don't want to see a bomb on the plane. So he was a nice, really nice guy. He was coming down there. I was talking to a lady from there. Uh, had really great... In- right, what a great flight crew. I flew American Airlines. I was trying to fly Spirit, but Spirit was all fucked up for a couple... for a last, at least month. And I said, you know what? I'll splurge. And then I realized, man, 100 extra bucks. It would it would cost me 100, 150. If, because I always pick the seat. I try to get room... Romeo seat and stuff like that, so it's probably like 150 bucks more for me in the end after the, all the add-ons. And it's a nicer plane. You know, you actually have televisions on it. You can watch things, and you can charge your phone on the on the plane. They actually could give you some refreshments. So, not the knock spirit, not the knock, because they do serve a purpose. If you could sit anywhere that may be the thing you do, but I didn't have the extra time and I didn't want to inconvenience them rescheduling the flight. But the flight crew was so nice. So nice. And the pilot, the pilots are fun. We come out and the guy said, what do you think of that landing? He, because the co-pilot landed the plane. And I said, hey, he did an excellent job. He said to the captain, he said, yeah, the co-pilot did an excellent job. The guy went to walked by. And uh, all in all, Finishing strong on that trip. But there's nothing like coming home. Nothing like coming home. Miami's a little rough. You know, you get to the airport. Sometimes you, you come out you think, oh man, I'm glad I, t- I take a picture of where my parking place is, the structure, the name of it and all that stuff. One thing where it has all of it. Where um, And Miami Airport, so I parked on a parking garage on the other side of the airport. On the, next to, it's a big U shape, and I was on one side of U, and the parking structure was on the other side of U. And I'm thinking, how in the hell am I going to get there? Because these structures, not all these, they're not connected on all levels. And you can't just walk over to them. I mean, you got to walk to the base. I guess I could have walked to the base of it, but I decided to go into third level, and fi- I found it. And then, without too much work or having to backtrack, I found my car. And then I was able to get out. And I didn't take the wrong turn when I go because there's so many. There's like six different places you can go when you're pulling out. And uh, on the way back, I'm reluctant to tell this story. But I'm driving back through traffic and stuff. I'm getting hungry. It's going to be 8 o'clock when I get home. and It ended up being 5 after 8. I probably would have been there at 20 of 8 if I didn't stop. But I stopped at a fast food place in Florida City, Wendy's, right before you get on the stretch going into the Keys. And I waited 15 minutes for fast food. I could have went to a place, sat down and ordered a meal, eaten and gone. Um, But you know what? I realized what restaurants are like. So I'm sitting there patient, practicing patience and stuff like that. Um, Nice young women working at the counter stuff like that I can see they're they're really busy they're they're working and after I get my food this young guy comes up to me and uh, he's in a tank top and stuff like that and he goes hey I don't mean to bother you but I'm here with my pregnant girlfriend and we haven't eaten and I look at him and I go oh well, what do you want to eat? what do you want to eat? and I go he goes well I just want a five dollar thing could you buy this? you know okay. I said I go oh, okay. go and order whatever you want Whatever you want, the guy said. Really? I said, Yeah, get him. So he ended up getting the fight. I said, You really don't want anything else? He goes, No. I Said, Okay. I said, the, I said to the girl that was at the counter. I said, or the young lady. I said, I'll pay for this. So I gave her that, and he said, Oh, this for this, this guy right here, not for me, for him. And I'm saying, I said, I'm saying this because I don't want you to look for me. I want you to look for him. 'Cause he well, he's the one that the ordering, so I guess she would have done that. And she looked at me. And I said, yeah, just give give him the food and stuff like that. And I said, I'm not pressured about it. And this older African American lady looks at me she goes, Oh, God's gonna God's gonna take care of you for that. And I said I didn't do it for that. I didn't necessarily do that for that. I did it for them. I did it for them. I mean, I would like, I like that. Whenever anybody's hungry, that's one, that's my weak, that's my weakness. Hungry, thirsty, you know, that's, or tired, give up your seat, buy thing. little things you do. When it's presented to you, it's silly to walk away from that, right? When the opportunity to do the right thing is there, why wouldn't you? You know, you could, I mean, I know, I know when I don't do I, I, I didn't have a choice I couldn't do this thing With the heads down And walk away Because I would have thought I would have felt like shit Driving home I would have felt like shit People are looking at you like Oh what a great guy you are I said I don't feel like a great guy I felt like it was the right thing to do I don't feel like a great guy Because What else can you do I had money They were hungry Right, and I thought, uh, I mean, this for having that discussion at the bar. Maybe this helps, but not. I don't believe in that. That you need to do good. I mean, you you need to do good works in order to get a reward, to get in right with the universe and stuff like that. I think it may. It could work out that way. I don't know. Like, I just don't know what's going to happen when anything happens at the end of life. But it just seems like, yeah, I wish I could kind of incorporate that more when I'm on the road, because when I'm on the road and someone's driving slow in front of you, it's doing something like that, it might, and you know what, I'm usually, I could be the recipient of that mean, I could do something stupid myself. So I got to really extend those feelings that I have about feeding people that are hungry to other things in life. Like when someone walks in front of you in front, you know, when they're at the (laughs) 10 items or less with, you know, 25 items. Right. Just let it go. But it was a good trip. I accomplished it. I came home. I got a lot of things coming on. Uh, a lot of things to do come, coming this week. I took care of business coming back in I'm going into work early, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to get showered up soon here. But I'm glad I had an opportunity to talk to you today. I hope uh, you feel good today. And uh, tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, which is another way that America culturally appropriates a holiday and turn, turns into a drinking holiday. I mean, I guess, is it a drinking holiday in Mexico? Because it's like St. Patrick's Day here in the United States. Like, I imagine St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. People, I, I don't think people in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day go to an Irish bar. Like, if you're in Ireland, it's an Irish bar, isn't it? I, I don't think they go to and, say, and wear shirts that say, kiss me, I'm Irish. Because most of the people are Irish in Ireland. Unless you're from someplace else. So... And, yeah, so we're taking Cinco de Mayo, people that we don't want... We we behave like sometimes some of the people in the United States behave like we don't want you in our country and we're going to take... We'll take your fucking country. <laughs> we'll take your land, the southwestern part of the United States, and we'll take your holidays. But we won't take your people. <laughs> well... I hear, I, I may discuss it, but I'm not at the bar right now so I can discuss these issues. I'd like to thank my friends in... Uh, I know, I, th- I said that to them, stuff like that. Uh, I'm, in, I'm sure I'm pissing my friends off in Philly right now. But uh, I'd like to thank them. I'd like to thank my dad and my stepmother for when, and all the people that I ran into. Uh, the, I think the nice uh, gentleman... Oh, and the last thing, when I was getting... I was dropped off the rental car. I was dropping off the rental car, and uh, I was waiting for the bus. And I was only there like three minutes waiting. And there's a uh, a nice young family. Young, I guess everyone's young nowadays. Compared, you know, as long as they're 50 and under, they're young. So this guy in his 30s with his baby and his wife and his he, either his mother or her mother. I, it turns out they're from Haiti. Um, they have a lot of equipment, but they had this big stroller. And I said, can I give you a hand? Because I had my one bag. I, I did a pretty good travel and light things this time. I'm kind of proud of myself. I didn't miss anything. I don't think I forgot anything. I even got my Wawa cup I left at McGeehan's. So I helped them in, and we ended up talking. It turns out he's a minister in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, what a nice guy. Very congenial, very nice and uh, we we had a lovely conversation on the shuttle bus going back to the airport. And uh, I said goodbye to him. So I wish him well and his family. And I'm going to try some more. I'm going to I'm going to go out of my way to try some. I'm going to go to Little Haiti one time in Miami and try the food there. Uh, try some of the Haitian food. Uh, I had the Haitian food once, but I haven't explored more. I love, you know, variety is the spice of life. So... Uh, I wish them well. I hope I get the chance to run into them again. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, signing out. Have a great day and a sober, not sober. I mean, you're going to do what you're going to do. But, I mean, not too crazy Cinco de Mayo. Right? Don't get in trouble on May 5th just because you're celebrating a holiday for a country you've never been to. Thank you very much. Have a great day.